Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. According to the Pew Research Center, 91% of black Americans say religion is somewhat or very important in their lives. And 79% identify as Christian. But is the black church adequately serving the black community or is it toxic? The business of being black today is the toxicity of the black church. Please welcome the senior pastor at Southside Bethel Family of Purpose Baptist Church, Pastor Fred Howard. Hi, Pastor Howard. How are you doing today, Tammy? Excellent. Thank the you. senior pastor at Greater Zion Church Family in Compton, Pastor Dr. Michael J. Fisher. Hi, Pastor Dr. Fisher. What's going on, Tammy? <laughs> YouTuber, content creator, and educator, The Conscious Lee. What's up, Conscious Lee? What's up, Miss Tammy? and pastor at Reed Temple AME Church, Dr. Mark E. Whitlock, Jr. Hi, Dr. Whitlock. Hello, my sister, Tammy Mack. I've enjoyed you for years. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And we're going to learn from you today. That's right. Listen, uh, the title of the show is appropriately The Business of Being Black, because that's what I handle, The Business of Being Black. So we ask each guest on every show, why should black people care? Dr. Whitlock, we're gonna start with you. Why should black people even care if the black church is toxic? The black church has been historically the repository for black family information, social justice, social opportunity, certainly education. In the AME church, we have dealt with making sure that the love is demonstrated to all of the members of our community in our society and the larger community. So the black church represents the one place that you will find freedom of expression, but also the place of love in a historically, uh, in, a, in a country that historically has denied freedom for African-Americans. Ooh, we're certainly gonna circle back to that, Pastor, uh, Pastor Dr. Whitlock. Uh, Pastor Dr. Fisher, please yeah. tell me why black people should care if, the black church is toxic or not? Well, you know, the black church, the institution of the black church has been the catalyst, like Dr. Whitlock said, of the civil rights movement. It has been the educator for our community for decades. Um, and it carries so much history about our ancestors as well. And so we need to care about its toxicity so that we don't lose its influence amongst this generation as we move forward and still fight the battle. Consciously, why should I care? I'm black. Why should I care about the black church being toxic? Well, we know that the church politically, socially, and economically has always had an impact on how black people relate to our relate to ourselves and relate, you know, identify ourselves. I think that when we think about like toxicity or think about whether the church is good for it, uh, it's good for the black community. We ain't got to move with no absolutisms. It's recognizing that acknowledging toxicity in the church does not negate the historical legacy of the church. But we should care. All right. Pastor Howard, why should black people care about the well, toxicity we, of the church? Well, we really should care because the church is the healing spot. It's the healing location for all those that are hurting, that are damaged, that are confused. And with it being the healing station, we also have to be mindful, as uh, Dr. Whitlock consciously, Pastor Fisher says, is that looking at the historical aspects, we can't negate uh, what's actually going on in the church on today. So we recognize some of the toxic, toxic, toxicities that we're dealing with and know that it's a place for healing and deliverance. 
Yeah. Um, so it's you, you can have one and the other, you can have them both at the same time. The church can be good. Right. It can be historical, but it can also be toxic. So let's define uh, toxicity when it comes to religion, religion, Dr. Whitlock. So it, 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 the church sometimes, sometimes is a reflection of the society where it lives, work and worship. And so if the society is toxic, toxic, then clearly we bring that into uh, the church. It, it, it was this great philosopher by the name of Kierkegaard says, you can't separate the soul of the saint from the soul of the community in which the saint lives. So you can't expect to take the toxicity out of the person simply because they walked into a sacred environment. But the church does respond or does represent the sacredness that we all look for. Because if we only have a limited view of this world, then many of us would lose our mind. But the church represents not only today, but it also represents where we will end when we die. Conscious Lee, define it, toxicity and religion. Uh, toxicity and religion to me is just about uh, parasitic, like something being parasitic, you feel me? And having it where you have people kind of reliving their trauma. May it be about identity, may it be about, you know, their self-worth, may it be about, you know, their, 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 their belongingness. I've heard a few references to healing and being able to have freedom to, you know, express. I would uh, beg the question of freedom for whom? And you know, healing for whom? I think that when we look about throughout the, throughout the black community, especially on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube, you see a lot of black millennials and a lot of black generation Xers. You feel me? Generation Zers really talking about the trauma, the, the trauma response, and having trauma being you feel me reinvigorated through different sermons. May it be about gender, may it be about sexuality, may it be about you know uh, 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 making it to heaven. But that's how you know what I'm saying, kind of explain it. Pastor Dr. Fisher, let's answer that question. Healing for who and expression for who when it comes to the black church? What, for whom exactly uh, does the healing and the expression belong to when they enter the black church? And does it really? Well, I'll speak to that real quick, that the healing is for anyone that is broken, right? So yes, on TikTok, Instagram, we have a lot of people that in 30 seconds portray that they're whole, right? But I'm a firm believer that the message of Jesus Christ brings us to true wholeness that I will never be ashamed of, right? And everyone has their own beliefs, but that's that's mine. Um, but I do want to say this, though, that the definition of toxic is containing or being poisonous material, especially when capable of causing death or serious debilitation. And so I wanted to go back to that question about the church, because I agree with Dr. Whitlock that, yes, if we're in a toxic culture, toxic community, that that toxicity comes into our congregants. Right. However, I think that the toxicity that we're talking about is in leadership. I think that I think that hospitals have patients that are sick. But I don't think it's okay for us to justify that doctors are doing malpractice, right? And so I believe that the toxicity that we're talking about comes from leaders, bishops, pastors, potentates, the chairman, the president of the usher board, the greeters, and that there's another level of expectation that is required in this millennial generation that those that are going to lead us spiritually are going to have to learn how to treat those that are quote unquote broken until they can stand on their own two feet. I like this theory. Uh, go ahead, Dr. Whitlock. I disagree with my brother, with Dr. with Dr. Fisher. Why? Because if you're going to go to a doctor, you want to go to a doctor that's trained. 
you want to go to a doctor that's gone to school. You're not going to allow just any Tom, Dick, and Mary to open up your body and cut you and then sew you, sew you up as you as they think it should be. You want to see some certificates. You want to see some uh, diplomas. You want to see somebody who has done it. I think the real challenge uh, of the church in general, and, and certainly in the Black church, is that anybody can fall out on the floor, say they got the Holy Ghost, and then put their shingle out says and say, I am Reverend so-and-so. And the problem is the interpretation of the text often does not, the interpretation of the sacred text and the application of the sacred text does not lead to healing because the person or the leader, as Dr. Fisher pointed out, has not been trained, does not know how to interpret the text, just simply brings what they think the text is saying and often misinterpret the text and don't heal at all. In fact, cause more toxicity. And, and if I may say, because when you look at it, there's a story in the news today about a doctor that spent a long time doing plastic surgery and had no license to hold to that. And now he's in jail being sued because you have to understand, as Dr. Whitlock says, you know, it's when, okay, my grandfather was a sharecropper. He was the founder of our church, a sharecropper in Georgia. Many times back then in 1947, they didn't have seminaries. They didn't have things like that. But yet and still, they took the word and they studied the word. And in, in relation to what Dr. Fisher says, yes, you have toxic, toxicity. You know, I get that word wrong. You, get, you have that toxicity, not only in the pulpit, but you have it in the pew. And from the pew to the pulpit, we are all messed up. But what, what Dr. Fisher is saying, though, Pastor Howard, is that it's the leadership that reflects the membership. Am I getting that right? Dr. Well, Fisher? What, what I'm saying is that it's the leadership that establishes the culture of the church. It's the leadership that establishes the systems that are in the church. What we have to talk about is that there are systems in the black church that are debilitating to a generation that's already coming there educated, all right? This, we don't have the time that, you know, when we're talking about a, a generation coming that has the degrees, there was a time when the Black institution was the place where you came and you could be something great and people took pride in being the chairman or the president. So they walked around with that air and the other people who were sharecroppers and oppressed, they looked up to that. But now you're dealing with a generation that we're running companies. We're making more money than the preacher that's up there. And when I come there, you got to watch how you talk to me. I'm not getting ready to be hazed by you. I'm not going to work up no ladder so that I can bring uh uh, or nonprofit things or grants to the church, but there are systems put in place that debilitate people and oppress people while, they're, while their mantra is, this is a place for healing and it's a safe space. Well, is it really? And that's what we're discussing here on today. I There's think Conscious Lee is, wants to get in here. Go hey, ahead, Conscious Lee. I'm just, I'm just squirming. I, I love this analogy we're talking about, you know what I mean, uh, 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 doctors. What I find, though, that's not being questioned is we're not, I feel like we don't never really interrogate the actual training that you do with the theology. You know, we can recognize there are many of patterns that physicians have. We recognize that Black people regardless of how you have been trained, we might get inadequate care regardless of whether that doctor was trained at a top school or a hot school. So when you think about like race, gender, class, ability, sexuality, how are you being taught and trained to relate to your own people in theology? And are you questioning that? And that's where I come from and thinking about it being toxicity, you feel me? It's like, yeah, you were trained cool, but how are you trained to really see your people? 
Is it through the same conservative balloons that white folks see us as? If I come in with my pants hanging down, do I have to, am I going to be chastised and hazed? Hold that thought. I'm chastising you now because we got to take a quick break. We'll be back. We'll come back on that one. Come back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. And the Business of Being Black today is the toxicity of the black church or not consciously makes a point that yes you can have all the doctorates in the world about theology but how does your theological learning deal with what's really happening in your community how do you relate to your community dr whitlock you wanted to get in on this first off first off hats off to consciously she hit it out of the park uh because the problem is we tend to listen to the preacher and we don't analyze or ask where they went to school, how they were trained, who trained them, who is your pastor, what's your background. As, doc, as Dr. Fisher says, I grew up. Who did you grow up under? Who was the preacher? Here's my point. So there are white conservative right wing uh, seminaries that will espouse hate for black people and then try to support it with the text. And then the black person will walk away and believe that was the written word of God. And so let's deal with that. I mean, the reality is the black seminary, amen, 1876, Payne Theological Seminary, oldest black seminary in the United States. But those other seminaries, certainly coming out of the German, Germany and, uh, and France and Italy, they're teaching uh, in their context and they're trying to keep their status quo. And the problem is we're swallowing <coughs> the mess and it's not helping the African-American community. In 1960, I'm going to wrap it up so others can talk. In 1960, the black church can get together. And they say we must not only deal with black theology led by James Cone, led by Jim Martin Luther King, led by Theotis Roberts, led by Preston Williams of Harvard. We must not only deal with black theology, but not use white commentators and white commentaries to support the message that does not divide or certainly uh, support the African-American context. The scripture is always in context. And if you take it out of context, then you will cripple the person that's listening to what the word of God is trying to say. Now that, that, that's, that's, that's great, Dr. Whitlock. And that's why you're my mentor. And I love you to death for everything that you just said. But I think that the, the level of toxicity or a piece of this conversation, though, goes back to, I'm going to keep saying it doing this whole thing, the systems that are put in place. So, for example, I'm 43 years old and I come and I bring so much to the table. I bring my mind. I'm educated. But there are systems that are put in place that certain people feel as if I need to be somewhere sitting over here quiet while those that are gatekeepers and guards of the church will not allow me to operate freely so that I can bring them into this contemporary space so that they can be relevant to the community. I agree that the theology conversation, that's great. But until we deal with the systems that are in place that are still oppressing women, women still have to preach, quote unquote, from the small pulpit. Until we deal with the systems that are in place that don't want to have a conversation at all about the LGBTQ plus AI community and that that they can be talked, they can be called all kinds of you know, derogatory terms across the pulpit and the church jumps up and shouts and says, amen. But yeah. we bypass the alcoholic though, that's on the Ooh. deacon board until we, until we start dealing with the fact that we don't even treat our children as if they are part of the now generation. We put them somewhere in the kitchen and we teach and we just babysit them. We don't treat our youth with respect. And then when, don't get me started with the bishops and how they have walk around with armor bearers and you can't even approach nobody and shake their hand, but that's supposed to be your pastor. I mean, those are the toxicity, toxicity, what's the word I'm trying Toxic. to say? 
Yeah, yeah. 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 It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Those toxic systems that are in place that are oppressing our people. And while we're trying to get to God, we got to pass through all these barriers to get there and it's debilitating us. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds pretty toxic to me. Pastor Howard, get in here. You know, I have to say, my little brother, uh, Pastor Fisher, I agree totally because when I started pastoring, what, 26 years ago, we were voting people in church and I almost got put out because I didn't want to vote people into church. So again, I'm sorry, Pastor I, Howard, how exactly does that work? Bring <laughs> us into this world. You Are you saying you vote like V-O-T-E, like well, an election? Well, the, the way it was when I was growing up, when someone joined church, the pastor would stand up. We have this candidate for membership. All of those that uh, would like to accept them into the membership say aye, all of those that say nay. And then after they did that, they asked the person, will you be willing to be ruled and governed by the rules of this church? And the only thing that won me over at that time was they did not know the rules and regulations of the church. So like Pastor Fisher is saying, yes, there is some toxic systems in the black church. However, yes, there are non-toxic things in the church. There's one thing that we have to understand, and, and I agree to it fully. I have a doctor that was uh, that that's retired. He told me, he said, Pastor Fred, he said, listen, you have to change your eating habits or I'm going to have to put you on blood pressure medicine. And so I went out, changed it, changed, didn't work. He said, you know what? I got to put you on the medication. So I ended up on the medication because I chose not to do what the doctor said do. And many times, not So here it is. Pastors not only need pastors, but pastors need therapists also. You know, we, we don't do it all when the buck stops here. We have to understand that I'm no different than anyone. As anyone says, you can call me Fred. You don't have to put that title on there because guess what? Where you've been, I could have been there too. And when we talk about the toxicity in the church, the church is a hospital. And when I go to the hospital, I do not go in there to leave the same way that I went in. I go in to get a resolution. And if they can't solve it, they're going to give me something in order to, to make it go down. You, it, I don't know where I want to touch on that a little bit. I want to touch on that. I want to touch on that a little bit. Uh, and maybe step on some toes here at the same time. When you say you go into the church, much like you go into a hospital, to come out in a different way that you went in. And so there is this thing that if you uh, go to the church and the church try and, and you're gay and the church tries to convince you not to be gay, that that is a way of coming out different. Well, no, I'm not talking about convince them not to be gay. My job is to love them where they are. That is my job. My job is to love them where they are. I do not have to like what you do. I do not have to agree with your lifestyle, but I have to love you the way you are. And if you can hear me through the word of God, then you will love me the same way. I cannot judge you because if I judge you, then you have the capability and culpability to judge me. Our job as believers, as pastors, as congregants is to love one another. It's sort of like when we give. You can't give the same way that I give because we all give on the measure of which we are blessed. So 
we're training people how to love. See, there was a time Listen, in our Listen, I church- have, hold that thought, Pastor, Fred, Pastor Howard. I, consciously, jump in on this because- I mean, no, this, 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 this is my respectful pushback, you feel me? Because it's just like, I'm just hearing this analogy, you know what I mean, about this healthcare, right? I'm thinking about it. If you are trained to try to help women have birth, Regardless of whether you change on the East Coast or the West Coast or whether we recognize that black women die at alarming rates when they're giving birth. Right. If we stick to this analogy of a physician and a doctor, how do we deal with the, with, with the reality that regardless of where the doctor was trained at, there are still alarming high levels of black women that are dying? You see what I'm saying? For me, as a person that's not in the church, you feel me? I'm, I'm, I, I don't subscribe to, you know, I don't identify as a Christian. I'm blessed and highly favored, but I don't do that. You feel what I'm saying? It's so an outside looking in. I'm still thinking about this. Everything we're talking about, I was like, okay, so what do we do when you recognize that the way that in the big picture, structural level, how you how you train, you relate to black women, black trans, black gay, black. It's, it's, it's something here. And to me, it just sounds like from a debate standpoint, it's like, yeah, but it's not all toxic. It's like, we don't care about the good parts right now. We ain't talking about that. We're talking about the toxicity that hinders other people from either A, staying in the church or B, growing in the church. We know we, hey, listen, church ain't all, it ain't all bad. Agreed. It's not all bad. But listen, when I'm talking to people on my, play, my page, it's 31, I'm 31. I'm the youngest right here than everybody. I recognize that. It's a lot of folks that's my age, my energy. We ain't trying to hear what y'all talking about in the church house. It's being straightforward, respectfully too. So it's like dealing with how do we get people like me, you feel me, and my age that think like this, that had this background in education, how do we get them there? And for me, it's like you talking about the good stuff and how doctors do good stuff. It does not negate how, to me, it's a, I, you know what I mean, like toxicity. It doesn't negate how doctors treat black people different than white people. Understood. Okay. Let's take a quick break. It's getting hot in here, uh, but I'm going to leave on my clothes because the pastors and stuff is here. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack, and the business of being black today is the toxicity of the black church. Consciously say, you feel me? My people ain't trying to go to now one of y'all churches, Dr. Pastor Fisher. What do you say to that? He says you are not feeding him the right foods, and it is coming out as trash. Well, because... He didn't really say all that, but... Right. Well, well, here's the thing is that we have to first, here's what he was saying. He was saying, don't give me the good without acknowledging the bad. That's the problem in the church that we don't want to acknowledge the stuff that are there. We got misogyny still in the church. That's crazy to me. We have phobia in the church. That's bananas to me. And then we have elitism that's in the church. You know, so we have we have these systems that are in the church. And when I say elitism, it's like, you know, I'm something special and I have a reserved seat. I have a parking space. So someone that comes from Conscious Lee's community doesn't understand none of that. You know, they're like, why can't I just sit up in the front with the mothers? You know, you can't sit here. You got to go back there. You know, we got to get rid of those systems. When you have when you have a whole movement that's empowering black women, but when she comes to church, she has to acquiesce to a black man. That's a problem. When you have somebody who is free to be able to be who they are out there and then they come here and all they hear is hate, 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 hate for their particular sin while everybody else's issue seems to be, oh, that ain't that bad. That's a problem. So we have to acknowledge those broken issues. We have to fix them. And they know that the content is good. They know that. They know the content is good. They're not denying that. But what they are having a problem with are those systems they have to fight through in order to get to the content. That's the problem. I do not want to sit at a restaurant that serves good food and it's roach infested. 
Dr. Whitlock, acknowledge it. Let's go. I cannot disagree with the argument. I do have to agree with the fact that you cannot ever change the, the church consciously from the outside in. The church is made up of mothers and fathers, grandmothers and grandfathers. I don't know how your mama was or your grandfather was. Try to come in and tell them how what they how they gonna do their house. Maybe you can get away with it, but in my generation, don't happen. So the church right. is a reflection of the black family, and so that means we have to make sure when we walk in, we understand it is not uh, a church or it's not just a bunch of people, but it's families that have come together in worshiping God and how we work through that uh, system as. Uh, Dr. Fisher, because it's not like Mattel, it's not like McDonald's, it's not even like the government. It's a group of families that come together. The average church in America is less than 100 people. So he, here's the average church, not not big like Dr. Fisher's. Dr. Fisher's got a mega church. I mean, I'm sorry, those are systems, but most churches got about 100 good people and they come to worship. Mostly what they really come to do is get together and have some food. Right, right, right. <laughs> it, ain't about, it ain't about what, because 95% of the churches in America are 100 people or less. Here's what I'm trying to say. And I got to make sure you hear this consciously. The, uh, the church comes together. The church comes together. We know in about, 30, about 48 AD, church called uh, Antioch. Believe it or not, black people helped establish that church. Then, we believe it. They did. Antioch, first Christian church, first Christian church. It was established by black people along with other people. And then we know in 323 AD, uh, a Christian emperor by the name of Constantine brings together all men and they pull together the 66 books of the Bible. All men, no women, no women work on that. Then in the second century, it's called Vatican I in 1868. They decide on how the rules of the church should be. By the way, Everything that's Protestant, which we are, Medallion, comes out of the Catholic Church, and we decided to change it because a guy named Martin Luther. I'm wrapping it up, Tammy. I'm not trying to give a class like I do at the University of Chicago. Here it is. Here it is. Vatican. Here we find the Vatican II in 1968. Watch how slow things are. The Catholics, which are 1.2 billion people in the world, that's how many members. When we start talking about how many members we got, Catholics walk in 1.2 billion. And they did not believe, Catholics did not believe anybody would go to heaven unless you were Catholic. So in, eight, in 1960, I believe it was 1968, yeah, 1962, 1965, then they began to recognize the Protestant church. You will see that the black churchmen get together in 1965 to say, we must not be like the Catholic church. We must not be like white supremacist church. We must be a church that pushes the black, black ideology, the black theology, and the black sociology dealing with what uh, Brother Fisher talked about, Pastor Fisher talked about. If we don't bring that in, it's like talking about, I can go into the kitchen, but you can't go into the living room. We got to first understand the whole house of the black church before we start trying to rearrange the furniture. Yes, all, all of that is saying that you basically agree with us. And I appreciate that. And I, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, no, I didn't just a little, just a little. You yeah, can simplify it. But church, the last thing I want to make sure is ain't nothing simple about the church. Nothing is simple. I, I, so what is different? What is different uh, about black churches? Well, black I, people. Think, I think that the black, black people. Black. Go ahead, Dr. Bishop. You go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, no, no. You know, the, the black church is unique because 
again, it is where for so long we received our information. It is where most of our leaders came out of, you know, they use that to empower the movement that got us out of Jim Crow, that got us to where we are right now. The other white, the other white, the other churches and their institutions don't have that narrative. They use the church and the Bible to enslave, oppress, colonize. We use the gospel of Jesus Christ to liberate and to bring about freedom. That, but that is- But wait a minute, wait, Dr. 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 Fisher, let's deal oh. with the prosperity gospel. When the mm. prosperity gospel hit the black church, let me be clear about this. Well, Dr. Fisher was absolutely right. The black church, the black pastor was the one, only one in many cases that can speak truth to power. Martin Luther King, the oldest Roberts, the others. Why? Because they were paying the black man's salary. We didn't have to go up to the white man, Mr. Boss, could you please? No. We can say we can overcome. No, we don't have to step in fashion. Why? And we will wear uh, pencils in the pocket that show that we can read and write. That's what really separated the black pastor. Then the prosperity gospel comes on. And then the black church stops being the repository for black information. Why? Because black pastors start driving Benzes and Roses and living in Beverly Hills instead of South LA. They started dressing, they, they started wearing designer clothes and red bottom shoes. I'm sorry, that's not what the gospel is about because we started acting like the pimps and the players on the street and we stopped caring about the folk. And the young people said, what's the difference in you pimp and you preacher? I would suggest when you can go into somebody's pulpit and steal a half a million dollars worth of jewelry while they're supposed to be given the word of God, it makes no sense. But the, pro- but the problem with, but the problem that I want to say this, then I'll be quiet. Go ahead. My issue with the church, I'm a third generation PK, right? It means pastor's kid. I grew up in the church. I've been around everybody, AME, Baptist, uh, Church of God of Christ, Pentecost, Apostolic. No one want to see me on that. Here's my issue is that there's a generation that knows that things are in place that are wrong. And because they want to keep their friendships, their clout, their platform, they refuse to get those people out of these positions and change the guards so that we can get back on the track of the Dr. Martin Luther King days and we can open up the door for the conscious leaves and for my generation to be able to come in and really do what God has called all of us to do as a people, as a culture, and as a community. So wait, then, Howard, let me get Pastor Howard in here. But then also, you, uh, Pastor Michael, you can't discount me or Pastor Mark Whitlock. We understand uh, the plight. Now, there are, there are, there's toxic, to, you know, it's toxic in the pulpit. And when we understand that, you know, hey, I have multiple jobs. I am not just a pastor. I have multiple jobs to support my family. And I will tell anyone, anyone everywhere, I say, What I do outside of the church is what puts food on my table. But you do not see me drive. You never see me with an armor bearer. I have an executive pastor that's a woman. You understand? I went against the norm in our quote unquote denomination because it's all about the word. And it's all about loving your brother, loving your sister where they are, not where they could be. But where they, we got to love people through their troubles. Because guess what? There is no pulpit that's mounted on Sunday with a pastor that doesn't have an issue that he has to deal with outside of the church. 
So when we come back, because I got to take a quick break, when we come back, I want to get into some hardcore things that is separating the church from newer generations, like Roe v. Wade, like the LGBTQIA community, uh, like even the women's issues that we've discussed here. So let's get down to it when we return on Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. And the business of being black today is the toxicity in the black church. Is the black church good? For black people, let's talk about today's issues in life, the real issues, Roe versus Word, uh, Roe versus Wade. A lot of black churches were okay with overturning that decision. The LGBTQIA community don't want any parts of the church because of the judgment placed against them. And um uh, uh, the hypersexualization of women in the church, like women being referred to as Jezebels. I mean, and not being able to literally stand behind a pulpit or even be referred to as a pastor or a reverend. Uh, there are some things that are quite antiquated about the church, the black church specifically. I've heard a lot of talk lately about us following rules from a constitution that existed before the 1800s. So let's talk about uh, us following a Bible that has existed from, I don't know, you all are the, the experts on this since how long? I, I think the Pastor Fisher, let's go. Oh, okay. Well, you know, the first thing I want to say, so that everyone that's watching is Dr. Howard and Dr. Whitlock, listen, those are the G's, right? You guys definitely represent a very, 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 very small group of individuals, but the people that are in charge of the church and a lot of these denominational orders, they do not represent this mindset. So that's the problem. That's the problem. And so we believe, right? So everything about the church is by faith. So we choose to believe, yes, in a written text, right, that has been written by man, but inspired by God. That is our belief. Those that are on the outside looking in won't understand that. Same way, like, I don't understand sage and crystals and the stars. And that's just something I choose not to believe in. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I choose to believe that this is the God-inspired word of God. Like, I, I choose that. However, I think that we, you, we find benefit sometimes in using God word to push a man agenda. And that is the problem. It goes back to what Dr. Whitlock was talking about at the beginning of the show from theological training, that when you learn how you learn it wrong, then you teach it wrong. And then that creates a wrong culture in the church. And that's what we're seeing right now with women rights. That's what we're seeing right now about what the church's stance should be about the LGBTQ uh, community, where the church should stand when it deals with misogyny and all of those things. So that, that, that's, the, that's the issue. If I could respond, uh, Sister Tim Mack, the, the reality is the African-American church didn't deal with same sex, it didn't deal with the days, it didn't deal with any of that. But then the Christian coalition, the right wing, uh, agenda, the 7-7 Club, 700 Club, the, uh, the, uh, the other right wing, then that, that, that begins to become the talk of the black church. But let's deal with this. Uh, you got two types of black churches. You got congregational churches led by one pastor, and that's Pastor Fisher. He's, he's responsible for Greater Zion. And then I'm AME, and I'm we're led by a group of bishops, and we have over 7,000 AME church in, churches in the world. We're the oldest black denomination in the world. And so we come together every four years and we vote on policy and polity and all that other stuff and what it is. And so I'm going to be honest with you, there are rigorous conversations right now about LGBTIQ and it is major in the transitions and the transformations that are taking place. In our last official conference, which over 13,000 people came from, we came in full support of Ray 
Roe versus Wade. But my point is, no one church is the same. No two churches are the same. And sometimes we just put everything in and it makes it, it's good. When you say in full support, are you saying that in full support of the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus no. Wade? Oh, no. Oh, no. In full support, full support of, support of protecting of Roe versus Wade. Yes, protecting. I mean, it's a constitutional issue just as much as it is a woman's issue. Who dare challenge how a woman can, uh, governs her body? The but church- does that not go against the Bible? Well, the challenge is, is that we have to deal with the law. When we start dealing with the interpretation of the text, then we get into some bony issues. And that's when we deal with that on a denominational level. Okay, so here we're talking about the separation of state and church. Absolutely. And so and it's important that we understand that because an institution like the AME Church, which I don't speak for the entire AME Church, that's been around since 1816 as a denomination, 1787, as a group of concerned people coming together to worship. We bring people from all over the world to make those decisions, to make those discussions. But I can understood, tell you. I, and I think that's a good way to look at it consciously. Let's talk about uh, the LGBTQIA plus community. Let's talk about Roe v. Wade. This Let's world talk out about of the beach come in. This world out of the beach come in. You ain't gonna use a whole bunch of words. We're gonna just think about policing and energy. You see what I'm saying? When I think about the church, I think about it as an entity that is about policing me and how to get my salvation and how to get to where I'm trying to go to. Even when I think about it, when I'm talking about policing being good or policing being bad, I recognize. That the church and a lot of leadership in church, it comes with energy that usually has to do with policing. In my mind right now, it sounds like we're talking about good cops acknowledging a system of bad policing and saying, I get trained bad, but I ain't like the mother cops over there. So for me, it's like when it comes to your energy in policing, how are you using that same energy that you have to turn to know or not you that your other colleagues in leadership, they got the energy to talk trash about the LGBTQ and the sister that's ratchet or not. You know what I'm saying? Where is that energy in policing them? You see what I'm saying? In terms of blackness and white supremacy, you recognize a white police officer or a police officer saying, I'm not like those police officers. It does squat for us. You see what I'm saying? What are we doing in terms of accountability and leadership to make it where you got some of that same energy that you putting on? To, to Tony or to this gay person or to that lesbian, what has energy yet for your fellow colleagues? You see what I'm saying? And for me, it sounds like it's just like, like that's my beef being real with you. Like my beef is like, okay, I, I hear you. You're not like them. I'm not saying I like them, but you have a particular uh, 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 position with power and authority in the church. You ain't got that energy with your people though. You got more energy for them and respectability politics. And I think that that's where the beef come out. And I think, if I may, if I may, Pastor. Go ahead, Pastor Howard. Because consciously, you are absolutely correct. I am one person. But let me tell you something. This one person that you see in the pulpit is the same person that you're going to see in the real estate office. It's the same person that you're going to see in the grocery store. It's the same person that you're going to see on the street. And see, I can't change other people. All I can do is live my life as an example. Ah, but Pastor Fred, (laughs) Pastor Fred, you said... When you come to the church, you got to come out different. So it is uh, I can't, uh, based I can't on force, your own words, right, your job is to change. I, right. But I cannot force change on people. Listen, I, I do a little bit of acting and Tammy does that, too. So one thing that we know is we we're held by a script. OK, the black church is held by a script. It starts with Genesis, ends with Revelation. It's to all about reading that script. There's no new material. That material is in the script. And so I gotta, when I 
talk okay. about when I talk about change, it's just like my doctor told me. Listen, Frederick, you have to change your eating habits. I chose not to, which caused me to go and get on blood pressure medicine. So yes, I am a vessel of change in the church by what I say, but I cannot make people change their habits. But well, in the midst of them you. not changing their habits, my doctor did not preclude me of not being his patient because I did not do what he said do. So, 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 here, so here's, here's what consciously I think is saying, which I agree. And that is, is that I think that they know coming into the church, right? It is a form of policing. The, the word of God, I unashamedly say this as well. And we have to be 100 with them. That's the problem. We put on something. We, we put on all this stuff. I'm not trying to change you. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Now, that way, at least I know what I'm getting when I come to you, right? And I can respect that. But the hypocrisy is... I'm trying to change the person on the fourth row, but I ain't talking about nobody over here that's the bishop because the bishop has influence. Oh, wait, 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 that, that, no, that, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying that's, no, hold on. Or I'm, even as, even, even I'm simpler than that though, Pastor Fisher, you're not, I'm trying to change the person on the fourth row, but I'm not trying to change the person on the fifth row. That's better. That's better. Well, yes, but the real problem is, is that I don't think that this generation is seeing that they're that the pulpit is not trying to change the pews as much as their problem is, which is what he said very clearly, is that they're not seeing that same energy applied to the fellow colleagues. And that that is what that is what they want to see. And they want to see it openly and publicly the same way that we use that energy when we are coming against certain things we disagree with that are sitting in our congregation. Am I right? I, don't disagree. I, just, I, I think that it is not. I'm, just saying, I'm saying that's what he's saying. I do, hear what he's saying, and I do hear what he's saying, but I don't Hold that thought, Dr. Whitlock. I've got to go to a commercial break, and I cannot talk over. about the church without talking about the cash. Cash Ooh. rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. We're going to get this dollar bill with this commercial break. Come right back and talk about that same dollar bill in the church. Welcome back to the business of being black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack, and the business of being black today is, is the black church Toxic. Is it toxic? Dr. Whitlock, you wanted to uh, chime in here on uh, Conscious Lee's comments? I got to respond because your analogy that the church is like a police. We got good police. We got bad police. I'm sorry. The church is not a policing agency. We're not coming to see if what you're doing in your bedroom. Frankly, we don't care about what's happening in your bedroom. We don't come and police your sin. No, the church is more like a dad and a mom where we are there to support and to nurture. My mom and my dad never police me. And so I, I, I just don't agree with the analogy uh, that the church is a policing agency. I do agree with the analogy from Dr. Howard that the church is a loving environment. Now, uh, parents do what parents do, but we're definitely not the police. We can't lock you up. We don't have the authority to put well, you Well, Dr. Whitlock, you don't think that parents police? Oh, no. I think parents do do what they discipline. Parents do what they do, but they don't have the authority to lock anybody up. They don't have the authority to put anybody in jail. Well, I don't know about your parents. Oh, no, My no. parents oftentimes punished me for things that I did, and they uh, took away certain uh, privileges that I had because of my actions. And uh, much like slavery back in the day, they whipped my pardon me, ass, uh, when I didn't do the right thing. That is very much policing to me. But I sometimes believe, they let you do it. in the old days yeah. that worked, but when a person comes to church, they're not looking to get a whipping and they're not looking to be policed. I think they are looking to be educated and they're also looking to be nurtured. 
so then that is where the i think that is where the divide happens if that is what the church is trying to do it is failing according to consciously and you are coming across as policemen versus educators literal the definition of policing this definition of policing the maintenance of law and order by a police force the the the, the second the second definition for policing and enforcement of regulations or an agreement that sounds like what the pastor just got through by saying that I am a good, I'm a good, I'm a good pastor, but I have a script. To me, that script sounds like the regulations no defined specifically we, in policing. Wait, 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 but wait, I'm, I'm not My job is to stand up there and preach the truth from Genesis to Revelation. If yeah. you consciously hear what I'm saying, then you use that truth to better yourself. It's just like the old analogy. When you want your kid to do something, if you tell them, don't touch that stove, it's hot. Don't touch that stove, it's hot. And you keep telling them, don't touch that stove, it's hot. And they end up touching the stove and it's hot. I am not policing them. I'm telling them, this is what the principle of this is. That if you touch something that's hot, it's going to burn you. Uh, Pastor Fisher uh, uh, consciously just gave us the definition of policing. It sounds like uh, it is a part of a description of the church. You are definitely making sure that your parishioners hold tight to a book. Here's the problem. Regulations. Yeah, all this going back and forth. Keep it 100 with the generation, man. Romans chapter 12 says, I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, that you be not conformed to this world, but you be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is you talking about? We are so we are trying to change you when we are low key the police. If you no, want to use that no, analogy, no, we're gonna listen, we're gonna agree to disagree. Here's what I'm going Here's where I'm going with this, though. God, the Bible says that God is no respecter of no, man. No, 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 no. Therefore, we cannot do the same to other people. No, right? no, but you guys are marginalizing the definition of police based off of the bad experiences we've seen lately. I'm saying that it's okay to tell this generation that when they come to the church that we want to help navigate where are you going, what you're doing, and how you're carrying yourself according to the word of God. By the definition of what consciously just read, that is low-key policing. And no, okay, because listen, we listen, don't listen, have the authority to lock okay, everybody okay. up. I'm but sorry, wait, 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 no, no, they're not, no. No, that says wait, we have the authority to lock anybody. No, 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 but you're, but you're missing it. I feel like I'm talking to my dad. Hold on. Here's the, here's, here's the, here's the issue. The issue is not the definition. The issue is a low level of, I'm going to say, discriminatory enforcement where some people get the policing and other people get the hookup. That's the problem with this generation. And I need the generation before us to do that or you all are not going to change the systems. And I I don't think if we don't teach our present generation not only to speak up, speak out, speak loud, don't run away. Speak up, speak out, and speak loud. Then you'll never, as you said so well, change the system. But if we use terms, gregarian terms, if we use negative terms as policing, absolutely. I'm sorry. We need to defund the church. Then. So you have you have a problem. You have a problem with the word policing, but because you have a problem with it, Doctor Whitlock does not make it not true. No, it's not the problem with the word. No, 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 no. I think it's a problem with the definition. The definition says enforcement. Like Dr. Whitlock yeah. said, we're not we're not in your bedroom. We're not in your car. We're not when you're doing what you're doing. Is that that definition? Well, perhaps you are. Perhaps you are reinforcing through services. 
Yes. You know, perhaps the Holy Spirit comes in and convicts a person based on them hearing the word. Pastor but, Whitlock, uh, please tell us how we can keep up with you and uh, and, and your, your classes and your oh, classes yeah, and your church. Pastor I, I really want them to. And listen, first off, let me let me celebrate because I think these are the conversations that we need to have. It's Thank you. Conversation. If we don't have these conversations and make sure that we hear it and then be heard then we'll never come together. So I celebrate it. Dr. Whitlock, uh, please reach, tell us where we you can, can uh, find your church. W. Please my tell dad, us where we can is, find your church and Temple, uh, your classes. Reed Temple AME Church, Reed Temple AME Church in uh, uh, Glendale, Maryland. And you can reach me at markw at reedtemple.org. And then I'm teaching at the University of Chicago uh, School of uh, Divinity. Love, love, love to get involved with anybody who gets in contact. Thank you for this opportunity. Pastor Fisher, please tell us about the Fisher Brand LLC and your single, You. Yeah, so I'm not just a pastor. I'm also a recording artist and also have my own company called the Fisher Brand where we help to brand individuals. We just say, bring us to bring clarity to your chaos uh, and bring, bring your vision to reality. And you can uh, get my new single called You on all platforms under J Kingdom, which is my music alias. Um, and then also follow me on Instagram, Facebook under Michael J.T. Fisher. And when you're in Compton, California, come to Greater Zion Church family. And you can also follow them at gzcfamily.com and look us up and come hang out with us and see all the things that we're doing in the CPT. I might need to check out the Fisher brand. Hey, no, for real. That's what we do. We already got three clients already, and I just started up two months ago. Love it. Love it. Pastor Fred Howard, please talk to us about Listen. everything that you do. I know you just came off of a successful uh, stage production this past weekend, but tell us about your Howard real estate team. Yes, we were talking about church secrets on that one. But anyway, that's the thing. Listen, I'm Fred Howard, uh, leader of the Fred Howard real estate team at Keller Williams Realty. I'm also the productivity coach there i help agents get into production i'm the publisher of raise the praise church and community newspaper and the senior pastor of Southside bethel family of purpose in los angeles right on 104th and san pedro street you can reach me by just googling my name frederick howard f howard or fredhoward.com they got you right here below right there below right there yeah, below there you, you go. get it and maybe <laughs> Maybe, you know, we expand the Fisher brand. Maybe he can do something with all of the oh, things yeah, that I do. We got the Fisher brand and all kind of clients. Uh, consciously, Conscious Lee, what's up with the Conscious University? Hey, education is elevation. It's always research over me search, you feel me? Because folks be lost in the South, so they feelings. I have a university. Uh, uh, I have a, a university I set up a class with. I have a second class coming. The first class right now about identity, politics, race, class, gender, ability, sexuality, all through the intersectional lens. You know what I'm saying? That's where you can find it at. Theconsciouslead.com. Uh, all booking, workshops, facilitations, keynote speakings. Holla at me. I'm also a one-stop shop. And also looking forward to just doing more with all three of y'all on here because y'all didn't really touch my heart in a way where every time I wanted to bring my argumentative, like, ah, y'all. Y'all responded with Well, love. thank you. I think I can uh, handle that with a part two, if you all will agree to join yeah. me again I'm on right the business right of right being right black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Thank you so much, Dr. Whitlock, Pastor Fisher, Howard, and Conscious Lee. I'm Tammy Mack. See ya. Welcome to Quick Trip. How can I help you? Why don't you ask him? It's my turn to bring snacks for our class bake sale. 
And I just told Mama about it five minutes ago. No problem. We've got fresh donuts. Oh, thank you. Next thing he's going to tell me, it's our turn to bring the drinks to soccer practice. <laughs> Steven. It's our turn to bring drinks to soccer practice. We've got Gatorade, Powerade, water, you name it. Thank this nice gentleman for saving your life. Any reason's a good reason for Quick Trip. QT. More than a gas station. It used to be hard to find the exact auto parts you needed. And that meant spending a lot of time at swap meets. It's a different game now when you can order exactly what you need from eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts, so you can always find the right fitment. Spend less time searching and more time building with the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride.